Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So I pray that um, you are receiving something from the series that we're doing on I'm Loved. I I need you to know that God wants nothing more than to know that he loves you. That regardless of what you are told, God loves you. Seriously, God loves you. You need to know that God loves you. Um, I don't know how many saw the uh, video that was posted of that child uh, that she was home and she was listening to the uh, teaching. And for her, man, she was just on fire all about God's love. And I think that's an amazing thing. And that's what we want you all to know, that regardless of what the hiccups are in your life, regardless of the people that turn their their backs on you, regardless of the pitfalls or regardless of what you may be experiencing, God loves you. Ephesians chapter three, Ephesians chapter three, chapter three. I'm going to get right into God's word this morning. I want to share some things in my heart. We're talking about this last week. I'm going to expound on it this week. And I'm just going to ask, I'm seriously, I'm going to ask you to have an open heart, an open ear, make notes. If you do not understand something, make a note of it. And, um, and we could talk about it further, but I want you to continue to grow, 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 grow in all areas, but especially in how much our heavenly father loves you. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16. Uh, The verses that we have been reading is verses 16 through 21, but I'm going to keep it uh, a little shorter today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for our friends and family. I thank you for our brothers and sisters in this place, and even those that are watching us online and even uh, beyond our country. I pray right now, Lord, that, Father, we may never, ever, ever, ever take for granted your love Lord, that your love is more than sufficient for us. I pray that as we speak your word, you may guide us, you may lead us, speak into our need, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. And scripture says, I pray that from his, that from his, and if you, if this is your first time with us, we are an interactive church, so you can speak back to us, all right? Uh, and, And in fact, we encourage it, all right? So and we could we could literally pray together and we read scriptures together. So uh, that's the kind of church we are. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited, His resources are what? They're what? They're unlimited. But don't forget that they're glorious. All right. And He will empower you with 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 through. Then Christ will make his home in, in, and he does so as you in him. Continue. Your what? Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Is that it? All right. So last week we learned that we, God's children, do we have God's children here today? God's children, any God's children here today? Come on, any God's children? Huh? Any God's children? Come on, make some noise, any God's children here? All right, that's what we want to hear. 
All right. You know, yesterday, while, while, uh, while a few people, fanatics, are watching the football game, you can hear the roar of the crowd because their team, their team is, is just a little closer. Just a little closer. We're going to leave it there. All right? We're going to leave it there. But I want you to know that you have already won. And you should celebrate that. So we learn that his children are empowered by way of the Holy Spirit from our Heavenly Father's glorious unlimited resources with glorious inner strength. You have all of the strength you will ever need to defeat, to conquer all of the adversity coming your way. You already possess, and, and this, is not, this is not a motivational speech. I'm giving you God's word. He says that he gives you his inner strength. Now, I don't know about you, but really, I really needed a whole lot of uh, inner strength this week. Uh, anybody else? This week, this was a week where I was just hoping anybody would call me to say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I was like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This was one of those weeks. I was going through one of those weeks where I pray for other people and I do that daily. But man, this is a week where I just needed, I needed somebody to join me and pray with me and pray for me and, and, and stuff, you know. Um, Be- Becky has been um, hurtful to me this week. and. It- <laughs> No, no, no. We're, we're in the process of buying a house. And if you've ever gone through that, if you've ever gone through that, you know, I filled out 109 pages worth of, 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 of documents. And after I got them done and after I sent them all, I had to do them all over again. Ugh, somebody pray for me. So, so the inner strength that I'm talking about is an inner strength to overcome any and all adversity that comes your way. And, and well, there, there are glorious unlimited resources that are made available to you and me uh, so that we can live victorious, that we can conquer any and all of life's challenges and not be defeated by life. Many people live defeated by life. And life for many people is different. For so many people, they're defeated in finances, they're defeated in health, they may be defeated in relationships, and on and on and on. But who needs to be victorious this week, Amen. this day, Amen. this month? All right. So, so what we're learning out of Ephesians is that there is an inner strength that's readily available to all of his children, and it comes from a source that is glorious and it's unlimited. So we also learned last week that the more we trust Jesus, the more real estate he occupies in our hearts as his home. Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Many people are still unsure of their place with Jesus. So they leave Jesus on the porch of their house. That's close enough, Jesus. That's as close as you're going to get. Jesus doesn't want a part of you. He doesn't want to be the guest that sleeps in your guest room on an air mattress in your home office so that they don't stay there permanent. Jesus says, no, I want the whole dwelling. I want to live in every area of your house. 
I want to make my abode in you. How many are ready to make that commitment? You know, we then got into my next point, and it was kind of because I kind of tiptoed around it and through it. This is where I'm going to land today. Verse 17 continues to say, your roots grow down into God's love and keeps you strong. And as, as this letter is being written, it's been being written to a church that's, that's experiencing persecution. And he is saying, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And there are a few things that we can learn from this. Uh, number one, there is something you bring. And number two, then what you bring attaches to God's love. Did you get those two things? There is something you bring, and then what you bring attaches to God's love. So then the question, there are two questions I want you to ask. The question then is, what do we attach to God's love? What is it that we attach to God's love? What do we attach to God's love? What do we attach to God's love? What is it? Huh? We're going to learn that. We're going to talk about it. Somebody say roots. What do we attach? Come on, say it. Say, say it in confidence. Roots. We're going to talk about this. So a follow-up a follow question is going to be, then how do we attach our, our, our roots to God's love? How do we do it? How do we do it? He said trust. Somebody else. Huh? Loyalty. Okay. Okay. He said one thing. Out of Ephesians. Can you put that scripture back up, Quap? The first one? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Quap is back with us. For those, that, for those that don't know, he is also single. He is also single. I highlight his singleness. His singleness. My daughter is married to his brother. They come from good stock, guys. Gals, I'm telling y'all. You saw how I plugged that boy to get him married in this church. <laughs> the next one, next scripture. Christ will make his home in you. Next, your roots will. They will what? That's how you attach your roots to His love by what? Growth. The more you grow, the more your roots, the more your roots attach to God's love. See, and the more your, your, your roots grow and you grow those roots, the deeper and deeper your knowledge of your heavenly father is. So I have to grow my roots. But there's yet another question. I am to grow my roots, but what are my roots? What are they? This is why we have to read his scripture so that we can answer these questions. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Through eight. Blessed are, are who are the ones that are blessed? Those who trusted the Lord and have made the Lord. You got it? Continue. Who's the day? Who's the day? No? Ah! Ah! 
Who said it? Say it again. Who? Those who trust, but make, make, go back to that other verse, guys. Verse 7, quap. There, there. Okay. So, the roots, the roots here are our hope. So, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They will be what? Like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Man, somebody needs to hear that this morning. What does it say though? Continue. Such trees. Come on, somebody needs to hear this today. Some trees are not by the heat or by continue. Their leaves, their leaves, and they. Now, the pastor didn't say that. God's word said that. All right, I, I didn't say that. That's the that was a good word, Pastor. Was, no, I, that was his word. His word is good. You see, we are the roots. We grow deep into God's love. The roots are when we make God our hope, our confidence. So let's make sense of this all. That word hope, hope, means to aspire, to desire. To wish, be expected, to aim, to plan, to dream, longing, yearning, craving. But in short, the word hope is the object of my life's pursuit. That is hope. The object of my life's pursuit. Jeremiah says that those that make the Lord their object of pursuit, their hope, their aspiration, their desire, their wish, their expectation, their ambition, their aim, their plan, their dream, their longing, their yearning, their craving, they will be like trees planted along a riverbank. Who feels like a tree? Who feels like a tree? Because let me tell you, I did not feel like a tree. I felt like a branch. <laughs> I, I just I felt it was a, it was a, it was a tough one this week. The Bible says that those who make the Lord the object of their life pursuit are like trees. And you know, for those that for those that consider yourselves to be trees planted, every tree planted has a planter. You got it? Okay? You're not a mistake, you're not an accident. You have purpose, you have destiny. For many people, unfortunately, their life pursuit is money. So they're, they're distracted with work, 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 work. Make the money, make the money, make the money, make the money. That's their life pursuit. So their hope is their money. I got to take off from, I can't do that so that I could go make the money, make the money, make the money. Why? I got to pay the bills. Okay. For many people, life pursuit is fame, 
I need to be known. I need to be recognized. I need to be an influencer for many people. It's sports. You know the amount of people that won't come to church because they are right now sitting in front of a TV dressed in a uniform of a team that they have never played for. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that football to come through the window. The TV so they can catch it. For many people, their life pursuit is women. Women, don't get ahead of yourself. Because for some of y'all, your life pursuit is men. Can't even keep count. Well, pause there and drink a little. For some, it's status. For others, it's education. For others, it's a career. For others, it's politics. For, for others is, is a hobby. For others is parenting. There are, par- there are parents that will ask God to give them a child and then they stop worshiping and praising God for the child that's been given to them because now the child is too busy and has stuff to do. So now their object of pursuit is no longer God, but it's the child. Just like Becky and I are praying and working for a house. And this week, it seems like that's been our pursuit. And there are people that that's what they want. They want a house, 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 house. God gives them a house. And then they can't come to church. They can't, they can't have people to come over and fellowship in that house. Or that house now becomes their object of pursuit. Their pursuit, their object. That's their hope. Everybody follow me? See, the more you chase God, the deeper your roots go into his love. It could be cars. It could be um, hobbies. And, and I talk to men and women all the time, and I hear the things that they pursue. And I'm like, what? You mean you had an option to come to church on a Sunday and be with your family, be with your wife, and be with your children, and you chose to do what? Well, that's stupid. I mean, I don't tell them that, but I think it inside. You be careful what you tell me, what you're doing. You did what? You know, many people will say to me, and Becky, we've been married 33 years and, and going on 34. Let me clarify that. And. And people go, oh, man, I'd, I'd love to have your marriage. I'd love to have what you guys have. And man, God bless you with good children. No, he didn't bless me with good children. I intentionally worked to have blessed children. Intentionally, I fought against all kinds of things. Our kids were actually pretty good athletes. And, and I remember they were on a baseball team. And Jose was an, uh, a traveling all-star. And Adrian was right behind him. They were actually very good. And I remember their coach used to play. <laughs> their coach. Their coach used to uh, used to need them for Sundays, and he used to call come up to my house and Mr. Corona, I need him. Mr. Corona, I need him. Mr. Corona, I'm like not on Sunday. You got a Monday, all the way through Saturday, but on Sunday we worship. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But I need him, Mr. Corona. They're my star players. They're gonna win us. They're gonna. They've already won. On Sundays, me and my house. We'll go worship. And God says that if you're faithful and loyal in the small things, he puts you in what? 
Big things. All right? So, you know, I, 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 I'm blessed. I'm not bragging. I'm testifying. Did you get that? Right? And I say that because there were some sacrifices that Becky and I did along our way so that we could have the fruit that we have. But no one gave it to us. It was intentional. Are you following with me? Yes. Are you following with me? Yes. All right? So it was worship God or karate? <laughs> worship God or ballet? Worship God or football, soccer, and all of that stuff. I'm telling you, your children will not go to heaven and God is going to say to them, come my faithful and loyal soccer player, karate fighter. <laughs> For you, no. That's not what it is. And forgive me if I'm stepping on anyone's toes, but I just want you to understand how valuable it is for you and your children and your family to worship together. Together. Okay, so should I leave that alone? Okay. So I said last week that God's love isn't a feeling of emotion. It's not a feeling God's love is a destination. Somebody say destination. destination. God's love is a place. Not only is it a place, but it is a place that we reach and we arrive there by growing. Let me give it to you this way. In Ephesians, the writer is using gardening references to explain our lives and explaining God's love. So in planting anything, there are some principles that you must follow. Anybody is a gardener here? Anybody loves to garden? Do gardening one person? Y'all got to do something. Y'all got to do something. He liked to eat the vegetables. (laughs) But in planting anything, there are some principles that you must follow. There are principles. Principles. And if you alter any of these principles, then you're going to risk the inevitable death of a plant or weaken the plant or make the plant sick, unhealthy, frail. And your plant, as a result, may not yield fruit or vegetation. So Paul says that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, If a root is going to grow, is growing, there are some things in motion. The roots, of course, or obviously are, need the exposure to the sun. They also need access to water. But something else is typically needed for a plant to take. What does it need? Boom. Soil. Paul compares God's love to soil to a territory, to land, to a place, a destination. And he says that your love grows to it. He says that your roots will grow down into God's love and then when they grow to it, what happens? Have strength. And many of you don't have that strength because your, your, your roots haven't grown enough. And the purpose of the love of God isn't to give you this gushy feeling that the world love gives. And I'm sorry to tell you, no, love isn't love. God is love. 
Buy yourself a t-shirt that says God is love instead of the love is love. I'm sorry, you keep in love when you say things like that. Love is love. No, it's not. God is love. We grow deep into his love because the deeper our roots go into his love, then the stronger we get. So the purpose of his love is for your strength. Strong is what God's love gets you. Think about that. Strong. The, the fellas, the men, the men, you need some strength. You know what you need? You need some love. You need to grow your roots into his love. That's, that's what we need. God's love ensures that you are secure. You're well built, indestructible, well fortified, well defended, well protected, impenetrable, durable, resistant, heavy duty, tough, sturdy, well made, substantial, solid, rugged, resistant, impenetrable, indestructible. That can only be reached by way of your growing your roots to God's love. God's love doesn't give you butterflies and goosebumps. Who told you that? It gives you strength. It gives you strength. Oh man, we sang a song. We sang that one line, um, Jessica. It was. I don't know who else got that line, but after I sang it, it said, "We go to war, and we bring back the head of our enemy." That is violent. Excuse me. That is violent. And in a time that is so politically correct, that's what we're thinking. That's God's word. God ain't got time to fool around. No. Take your issues to God. Watch your God be your defender, your protector, your fighter. The sanctuary, the place of worship in the days of Israel were a messy, violent place. Blood everywhere. Was. We just now turned it into this beautiful, just <laughs> potpourri place with glitter and. But man, not in God's. We're talking. It's strength. Arriving at God's love, it keeps you strong. Especially when you're, you, you're, if you're experiencing grief, or loss, divorce, separation, family abandonment, you know what you need? God's love. love. God's love strengthens you. Arriving at God's love sustains you when everyone else around you abandons you and leaves you. Be Be Becky and I went through a horrific time a few years back. Surrounded by people we assume or thought that we were loved. And then when it doesn't turn to be that, it hurts. It hurts. But God's love sustained us. You know what? My love for her couldn't sustain us. Her love for me couldn't sustain me. God's love sustained us. Arriving at God's love strengthens you for the adversity that's coming your way. Psalms chapter 62, verses 1 through 8. I... Wait, this is what King David said. This is a man of war, a man of war, a, a man who wasn't a punk, a man who was a very violent man when it came to uh, war. He said, I wait quietly before God. 
for my victory comes from him. I'm sorry, the scripture's not on there. Guys, don't freak out. I'm sorry, guys. Don't freak out. You're still single and you're still good looking. Not, that doesn't change. It's not, that was, this is me, Quap. But this is what King David said. He alone is my rock. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. Where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man. Listen, so many enemies against one man. All of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress where I will never be shaken. My victory, honor come from God and God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. All my people trust in him all the time. Pour out your heart to him for God is our Say that prayer. Read that over and over during your adversity. Nope, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Psalm 62. Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 62, verses 1 through 8. Stop asking people, your prayer warriors. Stop calling them out. Read the scripture. Read for yourself. Pray for yourself. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. I'm almost wrapping this up. What time is it? What? I have another 17 minutes? More time, more time. Oh, good. (laughs) Ephesians 19. Listen to this because I want you to, I want you to meditate on this. I want you to go home with this. May you experience, as as I'm speaking, uh, Adrian, can you do me a favor? Could you prepare two handheld microphones with no, I don't want no reverb on them. Thank you so very much. Make that happen for me. Two handheld microphones. So chapter three in Ephesians verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is, it is, it is to understand. I'm here to tell you as a pastor, in all my years of experience, in all my years of study, I don't understand it yet. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. Why? Because if I could figure this out, then I could figure out my God. If I could figure out my God, then he is not sovereign. Wow. Do, do you get that? Yep. So that's why I can't, I can't figure him out. He's that sovereign. That's why he said it's too deep. It's, it's too wide. It's too high. Love is a place. Love is a destination. Love is where God is. If you want to find love, find God. If you find God, you're going to find love. You see, you don't feel, and I said this before, you don't feel Disney. You experience Disney. You experience Disney because you arrive there. You can talk about it. If you hope, For Disney, it's not enough. You have to experience it. Disney 
is a destination. It's a place. Now associated with Disney, then there are other things. But Disney is a place where you arrive. It's a destination. And if you hope after hope, God, your heavenly father, will then manifest himself in what you're hoping for. So you need that hope. You need that love. Chase after God. You may come the source of your pursuit. Your daily life pursuit is God. Many Christians live to feel his love, but they never get to experience his love. Many Christians are just but fanatics of his love, but they never get to experience his love. Is Corey here? Corey? Corey's here? Corey. Corey got to go to the, uh, to the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, to the field. Hold on. Hold on. He felt good. He felt great because he was there. But he don't got no Dallas. He got no. He got. He can't. He got no bragging rights. He got no. Da- he got no Dallas salary. <laughs> nope. There ain't nobody from the Dallas Cowboys calling him to go. Hey, Corey, how you doing, buddy? Now, can I, how you feeling, brother? Want to do some lunch? You want to pray? Want to pray for you? How's Anna? They don't even know who he is. Corey, who? See, see, Corey, Corey has an experience with, with the, I would call them the byproducts of the cowboys. But he's not one of them. As much as he wants to be, he's just not one of them. I'm offending him. He's getting offended. He's about to leave the church. I love him. I love him. Bring him back. See, many Christians are but fanatics because they... They, they just, you know, they just, they go after all of the byproducts of following God. Why? Because their trust, their hope in Jesus in their hearts has never reached the depth of God's love. They have a topical relationship that has no roots. You could put on the Mickey Mouse ears and you can dress up in the apparel, the merch of Disney clothing. You could read the literature you could know the park, but not until you set foot on the property, on the territory, and experience it for yourself will you ever know the power of Disney. I bet you you I bet you, you had all kind of goosebumps and stuff as you touched that 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 field. Like a key Huh? I bet he was just I could do this. I could do I could throw the ball. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's going to get you in the NFL. <laughs> but no, no, in all seriousness, many Christians know the songs of Jesus. They read the, the literature of Jesus. They wear apparel that they associate with Jesus. They know the stories and the history of Jesus, but they'll never get to experience Jesus fully because they haven't put down roots far enough or deep enough to reach God's love. Why? Because they just don't trust Jesus with everything. With everything. God's love will never, ever, 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 ever be fully understood. But we must begin with those principles. So where are the two microphones? I'm going to try this. I thought about, sometimes my analogies, sometimes my analogies don't work well. We're going to try this. 
Yeah, if it don't work, it don't work. Right. Right. Yeah, right. It just it was something that had happened over here. I was excited about it. But I'm gonna get uh, Minister Rob, who was looking fine today. Yes, fine, yes, fine, yes. fine. Yeah. Minister Rob, come up, please. And let me let you know that man is not single. The man is married, happily married. 29 years. 29 years, my man. And Dr. Gladys is Latina. She will cut you. Letting you know. Letting you know. I'm going to ask Miguel to come here. Come here, brother. At least half of Miguel. Look at Miguel looking all suave. <laughs> looking like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Y'all ever watch Mambo Kings? Uh, Antonio Banderas and Mambo Kings? <laughs> All right, listen, 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 because I want you to get this. I want you to get this. God's love can't be fully understood. Okay? You're gonna you're gonna you're going to go your whole life trying to figure this out. You're not gonna be able to. Because you 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 don't you don't understand it, you just experience it. Can you do me a favor? Stop right there. Look at me, and I hope you haven't, because if you have, then this is gonna be ruined. Have you ever ate a canepa? Perfect! Perfect! Anybody out here know what a canepa is? Look at that. You don't know what it is, do you? Have no idea. That's your daughter, Alexis. Alexis, do you know what a canepa is? Good, you don't know what it is. All right. So listen. Listen. You're all going to hear what a kenepa is. You are going to describe a kenepa to Minister Rob. Okay? Just describe everything about a kenepa. Go for it. Okay, a kenepa is... Oh, get closer. You could be in the... Are they, are they in the... Okay, are they okay, they in the shot? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, explain the kenepa. A kenepa is a fruit that is um, mostly in the Caribbean... Not only is known as Canepa, but it has different um, names in different countries. Ramoncillo or um, something else they call it in Santo Domingo. It's a green, um, small fruit this big. It's the most amazing fruit you have ever. <laughs> um, when you open it up, it has a shell outside. It's green. When you open it up, it's pink. How do you open it? You got to crack it up with your teeth. <laughs> as soon as you crack it up, you'll know not to bite it too hard because it's soft in the inside. And that softness in the inside is the sweetest thing you've ever had. <laughs> Real good. I'll bring you one when it's in time. <laughs> All right. For those that have had a kandepa, does that fully describe it? Did you leave anything out? Feel free. What? The, seed. the what? The seed. What with the seed? What? You gotta explain this to Robert, though. Yeah, Robert. Explaining it over here. 
it, it has it, the seed, the fruit of, of, of the kenepa, it's on the outside of that seed. In order to take the fruit out, you have to suck it. That's right. And you have to like basically like disintegrate that, that soft pulp out of that seed, and then you will have the seed. Right out. And then what do you do with the seed? Look, you got the Puerto Ricans there going, oh man, I must have been advice. And, and, and listen, here's the detail. When children, and I know the parents are on here, when children want it, they either crack it so that they can suck it out of it or put it on a fork so that they won't swallow this. Okay. With all of that said, if I took you to a store, would you know what you're looking for? No. <laughs> Did he give him the description? Yes. Did he give him the details? Yes. Good and bad? He did. He did. Right? Yeah. I know some of you guys are tasting canepas right now. <laughs> <laughs> However, what? Take you to show you. She knows. I am four. <laughs> All right, have the, uh, no, don't, have uh, no, don't have a seat yet. Did I, did I, did I included a picture? Didn't I? I thought I included a picture. Look at the Puerto Rican. Ah! Robert, did you imagine that? No. Tell me what you imagined. What well, as he was describing it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's talking about... Um, that's bacha. Bacha. Yeah. That's what I thought about. That's what you thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you didn't think about that. No. Uh, and, but he, descri- he described it well, didn't he? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. All right. You'll find it in July. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Both of you guys, can we give these guys a hand? Mm-hmm. Now, what is my point here? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Where's Sergio here? Sergio? Sergio, do you have this in Mexico? Some places. Have you had it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, is it good? Good, delicious? It's good, okay. A little like that? Okay. So so the reason I the reason I wanted to use this illustration is Rob's never had it, and no matter how it was being described to him. He couldn't see it. He just, he looked over there and he couldn't see that. Okay, I was looking at something different. You know, Psalms 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. See, we could talk about his love over and over and over and over. But until you taste it and you see it, you will never know. All of you guys that have tasted a canepa, you know why you guys got excited? Why? Because you've tasted it. You've experienced it. And that's why you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to get in my house. You got all excited. The Puerto Rican came out of you. He don't know. Can I ask you a question? Is he any less? No. And that's the problem with the arrogance of Christianity. That because a brother or a sister has tasted or seen, <laughs> we think that we're far superior, greater, 
and all of those things and we have lost our compassion or empathy instead of saying I'm going to show you what that is I'm going to take you there I'm going to bring it to you I want you to stand to your feet thank you again for checking out our podcast if you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org See you next time.